CTE Soccer Women's World Cup podcast, sponsored by Cadbury. For grassroots to national level, a supporter and a half of women's football in Ireland. Turn the world round, shut the show down. I was spinning, couldn't slow down. On the road now. All right, welcome along to the RT Soccer Women's World Cup podcast. Raf Giallo here as Ireland bid farewell to their adventure in Australia with a nil all draw against Nigeria and Brisbane. So that's Ireland's first point and first clean sheet at a major tournament. And the girls in green sign off and prepare for the journey home. And Anthony Pine from RT Sport Online will be making that journey home very soon as well. But Anthony, before that, anyway, you were at the uh, you were at the draw against Nigeria um, just a few hours ago. So uh, first off, um, I suppose your impressions of the game and I suppose what you took away from it in terms of tactics and, you know, setup changes. Uh, my impression of the game was very similar to the other two games in that Ireland were good in the first half with a defined shape that she tweaked her midfield. Um, she had um, Lily Ag sitting with Rusha Littlejohn in a, in a sort of box midfield, uh, allowing O'Sullivan and Sinead Farley to get a little higher up the pitch. So it was, it was a, a sort of a box of those four players. Uh, which worked well. I thought Freed, O'Sullivan and Farley, uh, Katie McCabe got uh, more advanced up on, on the left side. Um, Nigeria's sort of quartet, attacking quartet of uh, Ashwala, Kanu, Ajibade and, and Tony Payne, who was really good. Um, they had flashes, they had little moments, but generally um, Ireland did a good job of cutting off the supply to those four players. I mean, they they, they become like an attacking four when they are um on, on the attack and, and going forward. But uh, although there was a couple of moments in the first half, generally Ireland did quite a good job of of locking that down. Had a couple of good moments. Kate McCabe had their best chance of the game early on where she she drilled it wide. And in the second half, um it kind of sagged, you know, the shape kind of, the shape kind of sagged a little bit. Uh they dropped a little deeper and they just created very, very little in that second half. But they got out with a point, you know, their first point at, at a major tournament. It's, it's another little landmark for them. I think they were all very keen not to to get bet again just for the fans. And again, there was fantastic support there. I mean, of the whatever the official attendance was, it was 24,000, 24,884. Um, vast, vast majority of that crowd was supporting Ireland. Um, and they had a little moment with the fans at the end. Courtney Brosnan named man, uh, player of the match after that unbelievable save to deny Canu, um, which was, you know, that in itself was kind of, along with Katie McCabe's goal against Canada, I think that will be the, the moment of Ireland's World Cup. It was an outstanding save, and she was she's had a good tournament with Courtney Brosnan. Uh, so that was nice for her, and they all got huddled around her, and, and they enjoyed that moment. But um, I mean, as we're going to get to... Um, it's it's events off the field. Yeah, or, the press, the press on, on the touchline yeah. that 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 have uh, overshadowed this game, and indeed, um, in in some ways the whole tournament because we we just persistently been talking about Virapel's future, and um, you know it's all coming to to a head now because things will be decided in the next few days, um. And you know, look, uh, as I said, as we're going to going to chat about now, I'm sure, um, there was a moment with Katie McCabe that perhaps was telling. Um, and, and we'll see how much comes out in the wash. But um, yeah, we now have a situation where our manager's contract is basically up. We don't know if she's getting a fresh one. She claims she doesn't know what's happened. She's she's keep reiterated her desire to stay on. 
Um, but we, we await further clarity from the FAI. But before there's a homecoming, they start to fly home tomorrow. Uh, and then there's a homecoming plan for them in, in, on O'Connell Street in Dublin <laughs> on, on Thursday. So, yeah, it's all, uh, it's all happening yeah. very quickly. Yeah. Let's listen yeah. to um, Captain Katie McCabe first and then um, Vera Pau then afterwards was speaking um, to Tony O'Donoghue exclusively in the in the mix zone. And then we'll talk about the press conference, which you were at and where there was more about what you discussed on the touchline there. Um, it was expanded upon by Vera Pau, but it wasn't expanded upon in this particular clip. So Katie McCabe first and then manager Vera Pau. Katie, I want to say congratulations on the point and the clean sheet, but I also want to ask you, like, how frustrated were you with the, the amount of possession and chances that we had? Yeah, look, we we spoke at the start of the game um, to start with a lot of energy, um, to be calm and composed and patient in our in our defensive work. Um, and to have a lot of the possession was, was really good. Um, it was just about utilising it um, in the right areas. And we did create some, some good opportunities. Um, and it was disappointing, obviously, we didn't capitalise on it. But, um, yeah, I was, I was really proud of it. And to have Courtney um, obviously make that world-class save as well at the end to, to get us, help get us the points um, was really good. Great chance for you, very close yeah. to the start of the game. I mean, you're probably kicking yourself. Yeah, um, I was kicking myself. Um, yeah, look, uh, the girls built up brilliantly down the right. Um, and for us to fall at the edge of the box, I, I think I had a bit more time. Um, I fell to your left as well. Sliced it wide, yeah, I know. That reminded me, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> um, but now, look, really disappointed, obviously, to not even work the keeper with it. Um, but again, really, really good in terms of what we were trying to do. We were trying to create, um, get in the 18-yard box and get shots away. And um, yeah, we've I've seen a lot of growth in these last three, ga- three games through that. Are we a bit more fluid in, in, in our formation now, in our possession? Can we get our creative players higher up the pitch? Yeah, look, having Denise as well in the pocket, um, we identified they were kind of spaces um, and one of the weaknesses of, of Nigeria. Um, so to have Sinead and Denise work the pockets, um, I think, looked really well. Um, and then to kind of have the fluid between myself, Rusha and, and Sinead on the left, um, I felt hurt them at times in the first half. And, um, yeah, I think they shut up shop a little bit in, in second half. Um, but again, that made us a little bit more free for, for Heather down the right. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a mind game, isn't it? You're trying to figure each other out. Um, but that's what it's like at this level. Everything's constantly changing. And, um, yeah, I'm really proud of, of how we dealt with it. How good was Sinead and how important was it that she finally got 90 minutes? Yeah, of course, Sinead's a fantastic footballer. Um, she's very intelligent and she's very elegant on the ball. Um, and having, I think, Rusha underneath that um, to support it and, and spray um, spray the balls left and right um, <laughs> really works well for us. And like I said, for us to interchange the way we were doing in the first half um, makes it difficult for our opposition. Um, so, yeah, no, I'm delighted for Sinead getting the 90 um, and it's something for all, to, for all of us to build off. Finally, Katie, because of the age profile of the squad in particular, do you expect many changes between now and the Nations League and the European Championships? Not sure, to be honest. Um, of course, we, we never want to lose anybody um, but um, I'm sure obviously people will be having time to switch off um, after this, this tournament it's been a, a long few weeks of course um, but I guess tonight we'll, we'll enjoy our, our first ever point at a, a major tournament um, and yeah just enjoy it with, with the team because like I said it's been, it's been a, a crazy few weeks um, so enjoyable as well and I'm dead proud of the girls um, to, to get our first point on the board 
Vera, when you reflect on, on tonight's game, first of all, uh, how proud are you of your, of your team and their performance? Yeah, it's amazing. If you see how Nigeria has played against Australia, Australia couldn't handle them. And um, our game plan worked so well um, that Nigeria didn't know what to do. And um, I think that, that every single player of that squad um, deserved all the compliments because it was not easy, but it was so disciplined. And because of the discipline, we could get to the goal of the opponent. Uh, yeah, and, and, and we had, I think, at least three very, very good chances. But if you score one, you win it at goal. Eh? That is football. If you don't score, then, then you draw. But they could have, I think they had two uh, good um, and a fantastic save of Courtney, of course. Unbelievable. But we can be so proud. Um, Ireland stepping into this tournament for the first time, um, playing already two incredible games against uh, Australia and Canada. Um, we lose with a yeah, a soft penalty kick, but it was a penalty kick, but it was very unfortunate, and um, with a known goal. So, yeah, we can only be so proud, and, and those players have grown so much. I was just saying in the corridor, if we would start now with the World Cup, I am absolutely sure we would go through, but you need these kind of games to, uh, to get to a, to a different level. Those players came in as good players, talented players. They go out of this tournament after only three games, just different players um, at a higher level, at the international world top level. And they will feel that in contracts, in opportunities, and the next generation can, can step in. Do you feel that if you had allowed the team to play a bit more. I know you felt that against better sides we had to be compact, we had to be tight. But when you change the formation a bit tonight, there seemed to create more opportunities. Yes, but that has everything to do with Nigeria. If you compare Nigeria and, um, and Australia, the reason why Australia had so much problem with Nigeria was that they left them the spaces to run into, uh, and especially in midfield. But where they left the spaces, that was where Sinead and Denise play, uh, played. Um, that is what we have now um, explored, exploited. And we did that so well because both of them played fantastically. When you look at the huddle afterwards and the way the players embraced you and, and the spirit that seemed to be there in that huddle, uh, did it concern you then that the players didn't appear to be backing you earlier in the week when they were asked about your future? Well, they were actually very upset. Um, uh, Megan Connolly was upset by the way it was interpreted. And I said, don't worry, I know how you think about me because I know how they think about me. So, um, yeah, it, it is also if a player thinks, yeah, what am I going to say? Um, th there's no clarity. Do I now need to say something? Because they don't know what the FAI will they, they know um, and want. They are players. Um, so they have the next game in September. Uh, it's unfair to put that on their, um, on their plate, I think. Do you feel that some of the other issues around the squad, including some issues uh, concerning you about those allegations from America, yeah. uh, had, had a negative impact? Uh, definitely. And I'm so proud of myself, of my professional um, experience and knowledge, that I could put it aside and that um, despite that, I've brought this team to the highest performance ever. And do you feel that the, the players do support you and want you to continue as the manager? 
I did not feel any different, but um, that is something that, that comes after. Um, I think if you see the project that we had over four years, together with my staff, together with everybody around, with the people of the FAI, it's incredible what we've done and we are far ahead of schedule. If you would have said four years ago that we would be here now and with this play, everybody would say you're crazy. But we believed it and we outbelieved it. Do you think and do you wish to be involved with this group of players going forward into the next European Championship campaign? Yeah, what I said is that I was clear. I've been clear from the start. Um, so it's um, up to others now. There no doubt will be a review, there always is, after tournaments into how Ireland prepared, how Ireland performed mm-hmm. at the tournament. Uh, would you like to contribute to that review? I think it's my task to, <laughs> to review that uh, we've had an incredible um, preparation program. The FAI has done everything they could to give us the facilities and the opportunities to play. The program that we've set from a high level to a level where you could grow in a higher level and then the highest level, um, that brought us into a, a shape that we could play until the last minute and push until the last minute. Um, with the p- training program that we could uh, perform at UCD uh, uh, especially. Um, so the players are super fit. They are frustrated be- because they feel they had even more in their legs. Um, and who would have thought that, that at the end of the game they feel I could do more because they're not exhausted. So the program completely worked and I'm very grateful for everybody who contributed to that. There were almost 25,000 people here, most of them probably Irish or of yeah. Irish uh, yeah. heritage. Uh, and for them singing your name at the end, how did that make you feel? That makes me feel so proud, um, and it makes me feel warm because, um, yeah, it's not been easy. And the fact that the, the crowd is backing me up like that, that makes me emotional. Thank you, Vera. Thank you. So that is Republic of Ireland manager Vera Pau, and before that, Captain Katie McCabe. Now, um, we'll touch on the different points that they raised in both of their interviews with Tony there, but the press conference, there was more um, about a particular flashpoint during the game, 17th minute or so, where Katie McCabe, and I think he referenced it earlier, Anthony, where she turned around to the bench and specifically to Vera Pau and was looking for what it apparently was fresh legs and freshen up the side on her side of the pitch. Now, there seems to be a little bit of... Um, you know, this was addressed in the press conference then. You might just maybe piece it together for us what Vera Powell said and um, I suppose the the point that she said Katie McCabe made to her. Well, I mean, it, it had been noted uh, and picked up on in the press box that Katie, Katie McCabe had urged Vera Powell to, to bring on fresh legs at a point in the second half. Um, I, I believe she was sort of referring to her side of the pitch. She wanted she wanted a change in the middle of the park. Um Virapel's first change didn't come until the 84th minute. She brought on Marissa Shiva and Abby Larkin uh, were her two changes for Lily Ag and Heather Payne. And then Diane Caldwell came on and it's deep into injury time. Um, and so when it was brought up in, in the, the post-match press conference, um, I mean, I, I, I actually just quote Virapel just to, to get it, just verbatim, um, just for clarity. Uh, she said, if Katie McKay wants to change, it doesn't mean... Um, she's not the coach. Everybody was doing well. So I said, what do you want, Katie? Taking the best player off? No, a player is allowed to be emotional. Is allowed to say that's fine. But during the game, I step back and analyze and make changes that are necessary. Now, uh, that was tweeted out by um, a couple of journalists. Uh, Gavin Kumsky from the Irish Times tweeted out uh, an excerpt of the press conference. So it was in the public domain very quickly. Um, 
And uh, soon after that, Kenny McQuaid, uh, Kenny McKay tweeted an emoji with a, a zip, uh, as in uh, you know, like a, the mouth being zipped. Yeah, that sort of, sort of, it usually uh, usually means silence. Anyway, yeah. Yes, or, or I shouldn't speak. Or okay, so yeah. let's you know we're in the this is the world we're in now where we we have to decipher these things. But uh, I think we can say that that relationship is is quite strained and and probably has been for a while. I mean, even go back to June before Ireland played France in a, in a friendly. Um, you know, Katie McCabe said herself, I think that she that the word she used was clashed. Uh, she said myself, Vera clashed at times over, over the last few years. Um, but, you know, we want what's best for Ireland. And, and that was the response to a question, a pretty direct question. Would you like Vera to stay on as manager? She she didn't definitively say yes. Um, instead, she said, well, look, you know, we clashed at times, but ultimately, you know, we, we want the best for the team and it's not my decision. Um, and... This is probably the most public sort of well, it is the most public show of any tension that is there. There's clearly there clearly is some sort of issue there between the two of them. I think we can we can say that safely enough at this stage. Um, but um, uh, look, I mean, as as a manager, I guess like you, you, Vera Pell is correct. I mean, she is there to make these decisions. It's 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 on her. She has to to make the calls. That's what she's paid for. Um, now, as soon as you get any player, any player on a team trying to dictate how the team should play or what changes are being made, you know, if you relent to that, uh, you're done. Like your authority is is completely gone. But um, it's it's not nice for us to be uh, chatting about things like this at the end of a first World Cup. It's not how everybody wanted it to go. We all hoped Ireland got out of the group. We all hoped they'd have a big famous win. We could really get on board with and to, and to further elevate them. The, the growth of the women's game, which is down to the achievements of this team in this country. What they've done is fantastic under Vera Pell. Um, and, you know, nothing can change that. They, they broke new ground. They made the first major tournament. The journey has been fantastic. I think they've done okay over here, I have to say. I mean, they've got a point out with three very tough games. Uh, it was always a big, big ask. But they certainly weren't ever a disgrace. They were never, they never looked out with their depth. They just ultimately didn't quite have enough um in the top third and that's you know look you can say is that down to the, the setup and the approach it is a defensive style yes but that's the style that's taken us this far that's not a new thing that's how she's played really since she took over Ireland that's how she set up generally speaking particularly against the stronger teams um and ultimately Ireland just just didn't quite have enough but it wasn't down to any lack of effort or anything like that the players certainly if there is friction behind the scenes it's it hasn't it's evident in how they're playing. I, I will say that, like you know, they today this this thing with Katie McCabe and the back and forth on the sideline—that's really the first uh, sort of public showing of any tension that there may be. Uh, generally, they've gone on the pitch and they've given a, a good lash. It just they just didn't quite have enough, you know. Really, I think they only had one shot target. I'm not exactly sure what the stats are in, in terms of shots on targets, but it, not many. Uh, one goal in three games. And you'd have to say, like you know, in in, in those um two hundred and seventy minutes of football, they weren't they didn't look usually threatening for for very large periods of of any of those games. They had their moments, including tonight. But generally speaking, um, offensively, that was that was the issue. But um, sorry to go off on a bit of a tangent on that. But yeah, look, this is um, but I mean, even coming this... even coming back to it, sorry, Anthony, um, the you know. 
Vera Pau from what she said in the press conference, it seems she doesn't mind a player like Katie McCabe actually making the request. It's more just no. the, that she was no. quite clear about that. The, no, I no, suppose, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose the yeah. difference being that um, it's the tweet or the X or you know whatever they're supposed to be called now. Um, afterwards with the the emoji, I think it's sort of like well, the more telling sign than anything else. Well, that you know that that is a good point, Raf, because what what happened that that further opens the can of worms that invites speculation. You know, public speculation to 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 tweet some something like that on Twitter, um, that, that's what that does, and and it's how do you? It's it's also, you know, for Vera Pau, how does she respond to something like that? It's it was um, I'm I'm not really sure what that achieves, you know. But look uh, again, um, and it's always dangerous to assume anything around situations like this, but, um. You do feel that we're coming towards the end of something here. You know, it's it's it would be quite a surprise if Vera was to actually, uh, you know, the announcement, the next announcement would be that she has signed a new deal. I think at this stage, the, the feeling is that um, she won't be signing a new deal or she won't be offered a new deal, I should say, because she's, as I said, she's, she has uh, consistently said that she wants to stay. She doesn't want to go anywhere. Um, but... You know, we'll have to wait and see. But um, yeah, it's it's you know, it's, it's not not a great way to end uh to end the journey. You know, the two of them were at a fan park on Sunday <laughs> together, uh, with with many many Irish fans who turned out to the fan zone park here in Brisbane. Um, it's funny, you know, like I bet if the, a public poll on on among the fans of would they like Vera Pell to stay, I think that uh the majority would like her to stay. Um, because there's a you know the, the general perception is that she's done a good job here, but uh, if you've got severe breakdowns with relationships with, with key players in that dressing room, it's very difficult for a manager to come through that. You know, it really is, and uh, and so I, I suspect that we could be coming towards the end of the Vera Power reign. Yeah, one other thing I suppose before we talk about sort of what the future looks like with or without Vera Pau, and at this stage, as you said, we won't we won't know that. The other thing was sort of like the use of substitutions, which was kind of interesting between the three games. And as you said, in this game, three subs were made, um, two of them in the 84th minute, Marissa Shiva, Abby Larkin, and then Diane Caldwell gets to make her World Cup cameo, but it's very, very um late in the game. And it was just a point Dan McDonald from the Irish Independent made on Twitter. Um I suppose, right towards the end of the game that Pau definitely following the trap in Euro 2012 mantra here, squad members who haven't got a minute in a dead rubber left in no doubt over where they stand. It's part of the mentality that makes her successful, but also suggests um, she's not playing the long game here. So really sentiment. And again, I suppose it is, it's professional football. Sentiment isn't a huge, uh, isn't a huge part of the way Pau manages or actually in the way many managers manage. No, I mean, look, she she did have an opportunity though to to get player like the three. There's only three outfield players who didn't get on. Um, Kira Grant, Claire O'Riordan, yeah, and and Chloe Mustaki. They're they're the only three. And now we were talking about this is the sharp end of this is elite football, you know. So it's fair enough that she's done doing everything to get a result. And Ireland always they they put an awful lot of weight on tonight because for themselves, for the fans, you know, the chance to get a first point on the board at a major tournament and for the integrity of the competition. You know, Canada and Australia uh, would have been keeping a very close eye on this game tonight. Uh, it, it had ramifications for the group, obviously. Like, they would have been hoping that Ireland could do them a favour, uh, particularly Canada. Um, as it turned out, 
Australia won that game very comfortably. And like, I guess you could say, well, you know, maybe she should have. What would the, in the, you don't get many opportunities in top level football to, to be sentimental or to, to do things like that. But um, tonight was probably an opportunity for her to do that. But I wouldn't get too hung up on that. You know, look, she, she's she's set her style. She's never, she is a manager who really, you know, the, the Trapatoni comparison is, is, is quite, I think that's fair enough because, you know, she, she does have favourites. Uh, and managers who are quite structured and rigid in their approach, they they tend to be like that because they like players who will do exactly what they want them to do. An example is Marissa Shiva. Like she loves Marissa Shiva ever since she came into the team in uh, February. She's got an awful lot of game time, um, and you know hasn't exactly shot the lights out. But she clearly does. I, I think she likes the fact that she she probably just does exactly what she's been asked to do. So, um. Yeah, look, it's a point for us. At this point, for say, like someone like Kira Grant, who realistically, you know, for any of those players, you don't know when you're going to get back to a World Cup, but she's, she's um, a little bit older. And, uh, you know, of course, you go all that way. Everybody wants to get in pitch. But as I said, it's it's the sharp end of the game. And, um, you know, Vera Powell is, is hard nosed enough to, to stand by those decisions. Um, I think, really, like, of all the things that's going to be leveled at her. Um, or has been level at her, and and, and the, the scrutiny is going to be on player relationships, and has she actually got the support of her players? Um, this one will probably be kind of lost <laughs> among the discourse. Uh, in terms of who she used and who she didn't, um, I think she's always been quite conservative with her substitutes. So there's no great surprise, like whether you agree with it or you don't. Um, none of us really expected her to completely rip up the plan tonight. You know, the the team was more or less. Uh, Lily Ag maybe was was the slight surprise, and Heather, the fact that Heather Payne was pit, uh, fit, uh, but that tweak to the midfield where she allowed O'Sullivan and Sinead Ferry to go a little bit further pitch, that's about as radical as it gets <laughs> with Vera Powell. That that's that is just the type of manager she is. Yeah, and uh, the next uh, fixture for Ireland, of course, it's a fairly momentous one. That's the Aviva Stadium, 23rd September in the Nations League. And, uh, you know, it shows just how quick football moves. I mean, this we're coming into the start of August now, and that's, what, six, seven weeks on. And, of course, there has to be a decision made on who the manager is going to be. But also, this could be the end of a cycle for uh, a certain crop you know a lot of the squad are sort of on the older side this might be a time where some of them might make decisions about uh, what they're going to do next in terms of whether they remain internationals or not and there's youngsters coming through the likes of Abby Larkin have had cameos in the tournament so you know what does the picture look like in terms of the optimism in terms of building on this then from, from your point of view when you factor in what players are coming through, what players are sort of on the fringes who didn't make it into the tournament and those who may um, step away yeah, I mean, look, there there is a few where you think, are are they going to step away now? You know, if you look at the age, and there is a lot of experience in within the squad, and, and players have been around a long, long time. I mean, to be fair, what I would say is that they have so much, you know, those players. If you look at say, particularly our back line, like Louise Quinn, Neve Fatty, Diane Caldwell, um, you know, they they've been around for so long, and and really had to fight and scrap to get to this point, and now it's like all this good stuff is happening. It's very difficult to walk away. Like the, you've got the first game at the Aviva Stadium in September against the uh, against Northern Ireland, which is um, kicks off the uh, the Nations League campaign. That's the first time the inaugural uh, Women's Nations League campaign. 
the European, the Euros qualifiers begin, I think, next February, February 2024. Uh, Ireland will absolutely have a chance of, of making it to, to that tournament, no doubt about it. So you could be looking at it going, well, that's only two years away. Can I keep going for another two years? I think a lot of them would say, yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I'll give it a go. You know, now we may get one or two that, that call it a day. With That that may happen. Um, but I think, as I said, like I, I wouldn't expect a... Certainly, Louise Quinn, Fatty, like I think they'll be certainly looking to stick around. Uh, in terms of the next generation, I mean, the, we got you know Abby Larkin, uh, who did really well against Australia and came on a halftime against Canada. She's eighteen years of age. She will be in England, uh, I would say, in about six months' time, and she is a great talent. You know, she's a really exciting talent, and and that will be one to keep an eye on. Uh, how she develops over the next few years. Jesse Stapleton has just signed for West Ham. Didn't make the squad, but a very good player. And and you'd hope that um, you know, that move to England might further accelerate her progress and her growth. Um Aoife Mannion was very unfortunate to out in this tournament. I think I think she's 27, 28. So, you know, hopefully if she if she just has uh, gets a proper run of club football uh, and avoids injury, she's an excellent player. Um you know, Leanne Kiernan, you could say, was, was unlucky to miss out. Still, you know, still plenty of years left in her. Jamie Finn is the same. These are good players. Um, and you know, they'll be knocking on the door, and, and there is there is depth being built there and and uh competition for, for places. So um on that front, it's it's there's plenty to be optimistic about. There, there's plenty to be optimistic about with that with that team, no doubt about it. Um and there's more to come. There's more to come, but um it just that you know this particular cycle, the repels, uh, four years it almost is now, Raf. You know that, that that could be coming to an end, and um, you know it's 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 a shame that if it, if it's to go out on a sour note, that it that is a pity. But she she will always be the the manager who first led Ireland to their maiden major tournament. Um, four years is I think is quite a long cycle for a manager like that in terms of how intense she is and, and the disciplines and I keep using the word structured but I just think it's the best way to describe Ireland like it is structured it is quite um it is quite defensive and maybe everybody you know the FAO will sit down and think right it's it's time now maybe we try something new uh given that this team although there are some older players there's still a lot of like Denise O'Sullivan's in her prime Kate McCabe is in her prime um, you're probably only gonna get maybe you know Sinead Farley is thirty three, but you're you're you know you're you're definitely gonna get another good campaign out of her, you know, and she's and she's you know, see the quality that she has. So there's kind of a feeling that and I think Karen Duggan made this point. Um, this squad has the opportunity to properly peak, fully peak at the Euros, and this tournament will massively stand to them in that regard. Um, so. We'll see what happens in the next couple of weeks. But certainly, if Verapel was to go, whoever coming in uh, will be coming into a squad in good shape and uh, with the potential to to keep this momentum going in the right way. Yeah, and if you want to watch back the Ireland-Nigeria draw, it is on our highlight show at 8pm on RT2 and the RT player. Also, you can watch the highlights clip and of every uh, match as well on our YouTube channel and also on RT.ie and some of those other results, as you mentioned, Australia beating Canada 4-0 to qualify out of the group along with Nigeria. And then Japan in Group C, um, now that's three wins from three, very impressive. Trash Spain, 4-0, both teams going through. And then Zambia um, signing off with a win after difficult first two games beating Costa Rica at 3-1 and then tomorrow 
Portugal against the USA and Vietnam against Netherlands, both at 8 a.m. And, you know, you can watch every match live on RT television and also the RT player. And then at midday, the Group D teams finish off that group with England against China and Haiti against Denmark. And that is pretty much it for uh, today's um, RT Women's World Cup podcast. The RT regular RT soccer podcast is back tomorrow and where I'll be talking to Conan Byrne and Keith Tracy about the World Cup, also the League of Ireland and much, much more. And as I said, every match from this tournament is live on RT television and the RT player all the way to the final. Anthony, you though are heading home very soon, so I'll, I better let you go and uh, we'll, we'll see. I'll see you in person anyway, pretty soon anyway. Thank you, Raf. Thanks a million. I'll see you soon. Bye bye. Turn the world round, shut the show down. I've been spinning, couldn't slow down. On the roll now. A supporter and a half likes, shares, comments, and tweets. Cadbury sponsors RTE Soccer Women's World Cup podcast.